the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Salem Media Group. Welcome to the Bullington Capital Report, hosted by Bill Bullington. For the next hour, you'll receive information on current market conditions and trends that could affect your financial future. If you have a question, you can participate in today's program by calling 216-901-0945. That's 216-901-0WHK. You can also reach Bill by going to his website, BullingtonCapital.com. And now, here's Bill Bullington. Every time I hear that, I'm just like, is that my show? <laughs> uh, just kidding. Kind of. Um, hey, welcome. Like I said, this is the Bullington Capital Report here every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420. You know, this is also carried on the fish's website, 955thefish.com as a podcast. And you can also get it on my website, Bill at Bull- um, that's my email address at bullingtoncapital.com. We also host it there. <clears throat> it's also available on iTunes. Not sure why anybody would want to listen to it, but that's okay. <laughs> I know why they'd want to listen to it today, though. <laughs> We're going to uh, be talking about a lot of stuff here today. Again, feel free to give us a call. But I want to kind of review a little bit about what we talked about at the workshop last um, Thursday. And if you missed it, don't worry. We'll have another one in January. And we're working on uh, putting up a, an informal investment club where we'll probably meet uh, at least once a month and come in and just talk about stocks. I was uh, talking about stocks. There, there's a, there are a lot of reasons to talk about stocks, you know, other than you can make money with them. But, and how that the interest rates are so low. In fact, I was talking with a, a really good friend of mine. Is uh, this guy's a financial advisor, one of the best that I know. Uh, we're good friends. You know, we do the same things, so we're actually uh, uh, colleagues. And uh, his, his name is Mike Duffy. So I'll just let you know that. And he was pointing something out at how impossible it would be for most people to be able to retire on a 3% return, which is right around the return that you're getting on treasuries, CDs, uh, bonds. And what he meant was it'd be impossible, almost impossible to accumulate enough money to be able to retire if you're only getting a 3% return. And, And I agree. It would be incredibly difficult to be able to generate enough in assets to be able to kick back and retire if you're only earning 3%. It takes your money better than 20 years to double at that rate. Better than 20. By the way, that's assuming that you're not paying taxes. If you're paying taxes on 3% return, I mean, wow. That is, that's incredibly difficult to accumulate a lot of wealth that way. And when you look around at all the available options, stocks make the most sense for someone who's looking to invest over the next 10 to 20 years. 
if your time horizon's not 10 to 20 years, then you probably shouldn't be in stocks. That's true. So if you've got money and you've got a kid that's going to college five years from now, I'm not sure I'd have a lot of that money in stocks. Maybe 20% at the most, 80% of it, I would put in something safe at that 3% or less return because you need the money safe. See, there are different reasons to put money in different types of investments. There's not a one shot, you know, or one size fits all one shot. There's not a one size fits all when it comes to investing. In fact, one of the biggest factors is how much you understand how financial markets work. Because if you don't have a big understanding, I can see why you'd be awfully tempted to take that 3% return. Guys in Quran, the world, it actually looks pretty good. There are a lot of countries where the interest rates are not, are not that high. There are countries like Japan where up until a couple of years ago, they charged you money to hold on to your money for you. They didn't pay you interest. They charged you money to keep your money safe. Now think about that for a second. In this country, at least we get the 3% return. In fact, Gary and I were doing something. Gary's the guy that in our office. He does a lot of things. Most of the trading is one of them. So I give him the uh, uh, different allocations, different stocks we're going to buy, different models, and he goes ahead and executes those trades. And it's a very important job. And we were talking this week. We were putting together a portfolio. Uh, this was basically a, a ladder of CDs. CDs, by the way, work a lot like bonds. In fact, they look work. They're almost identical to bonds if you buy them through a brokerage firm instead of a bank. And we'll explain a lot about that going forward because this is going to be a pretty big deal. CDs, treasuries, corporate bonds, tax-free bonds, those areas that you're looking to for income and safety. You know, you can get into some bonds that are not very safe. Long-term bonds today are not very safe at all. Shorter-term bonds don't pay a whole lot. How do you get a, what's the best combination of both? I've got opinions on that. We'll talk about that a little bit later in today's show. But there are lots of ways to invest to get guarantees that, that don't involve uh, annuities, although some do. But if you would like something that's very liquid and very safe, very liquid and safe, what I'm going to recommend is a bond ladder. And we're going to be talking about this at every seminar going forward. And here's why. I've gotten an, an enormous number of people who are just dying. They don't want to put any money in the stock market. They just, they look at how much it fluctuates and they say, yeah, that's not for me. Well, I've, I've got some kind of good news, bad news. I'm going to give you the bad news first. The bad news is you can't make much money on 3%. Like my friend Mike Duffy said, you can't make much money at 3%. That's the bad news. The good news is the stock market's long-term averages are a lot higher than 3%. And if you do certain things, the averages have been significantly higher than that. So uh, that's the good news. There's a cost to that higher return, though. You have to put up with fluctuation. That's the deal. You got to put up with fluctuation. You can't get those returns with the guarantees of a CD. It does not exist. There are a lot of products out there that say it exists, and if you read the fine print, they're very clever. They're covering themselves. You're not going to get anywhere near the return of stocks, but you won't risk your principal 
as long as you don't take money out before your penalty period is over. Some of those penalty periods last for 15 years. Why would they do that? We'll talk about that. Eh, You know what? In fact, let's just talk about that on a later show. Got to be careful. When you're, when you're in an annuity, you have to be very careful. You got to read the fine print. That's one of those things where, you know, it's almost buyer beware because the state insurance department of Ohio or the department for the state of Ohio is the one that's in charge of going through and reviewing those policies. And those guys, I feel, oh, I feel so bad for those guys. They are so overworked. They have such a small staff. It's impossible to keep up with all that. I mean, they're just killing them. And so these products, a lot of products are being sold and people don't understand what they're investing in. That's a tough one. That's a really tough one. Because we've got a, an excellent product that we use. It's a no load, a true no load, which means you don't pay anything to go in and you don't pay anything to pull the money out. That's a true no load. Okay. No sales charge going in, no sales charge going out. So you could put the money in there, leave it for a month, and if you wanted to take it all out, you would take it out with no penalties whatsoever. It's also got an extremely low expense ratio. All the insurance companies have this thing called an M&E, mortality and expenses. The, uh, it's where the insurance company makes a portion of its profits. The M&E expenses on this product are 20 bucks a month. It doesn't matter if you have 100000 or $100 million. It's only $20. It's the lowest in the industry. Yeah. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of differences in there. The nice thing about that is when you're uh, rebalancing your portfolio, when you, it's time to take some of the money out of the large cap growth, the way it would have been really nice to do that about a year ago <laughs> and move that money around into some of the other areas that, that are undervalued relative to our market and maybe moving higher. When you do that in a an investment only annuity, you don't get a 1099 that year. You don't get a 1099 until you actually take the money out. And there's no, uh, it's not like a, an IRA or Roth. Well, Roth IRA, you never have to take it out, but it's not like an IRA where you have to start taking money out one day. It, it grows tax deferred as long as you want to keep it there. So that's pretty good. And if you're getting to that point, let's say you're getting up near your seventies. And you're having to start taking money out of your RMDs. I mean, your your IRAs, you have to take your RMDs now. You know, if you take some of the money and you put it in an investment-only annuity, you're getting mutual funds from you know, Vanguard, T. Rowe Price, Fidelity, you name it. There's like 400 funds in this particular product. And you you don't have to, you're not getting a 1099 on those and you never have to take the money out. So if you're not spending everything you're earning on your investments, you may want to take a look at that. That's all I'm saying. You may want to take a look at it. And you have to be careful because someone, there are good annuities and there are some not-so-good annuities. And that, that's to, to paint them all with the same brush, that's typically how people are. You know, people are, uh, genetically, we are all lazy. We're wired to look for the easiest way for everything. It's called a heuristic. It's an idea it's like one size fits all. Yeah, right. That has never been the case <laughs> in anything in life. I've always hoped that there would be something. That's why these, uh, you know, the, the diet pills and the magic diets and all this stuff, it, it's still so popular because people still want to believe that something like that exists. And after a while, you just give it up. And you know what? 
what the the real stuff, the stuff that doesn't exist, is really not that bad. Actually, it's pretty good. It's really good to use it properly. So anyway, long story short, we've got a a product. We manage it, by the way. We'll manage. We'll show you what we do. Uh, it's not rocket science. Uh, very logical. Uh, it involves a uh, active management where we're looking at various categories, various classes, asset classes. Uh, we built models, back test the models, show you what they are. Um, it's not magic though. You know, if you're looking at, if you're looking for gigantic returns with little or no risk, yeah, so is everybody else on the planet. When I find that out, by the way, you'll know because uh, those jets you hear uh, buzzing your house, those will be mine. <laughs> I'll have enough money to pay the fines. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, kind of. But uh, so anyway, very good strategy. And if, especially when you have to start taking money out of your IRAs because you have to pay tax on that money. What can you possibly do to avoid that? Well, you have to pay tax on it. You can make charitable gifts with some of that money or in some cases, all of it. And that way you're you know, offsetting one against another. You could also defer the taxes on some of your taxable investments to offset some of the tax liability. So that's a pretty good idea. So if you'd like to know any more about that, just give us a call. It's a uh, Bullington Capital. You can go to my website. The number is 330-664-0700. You had a question on that. Uh, how do you lower your taxes when you have to start taking out required minimum distributions? We've got a potential solution to that problem. And it's not going to work for everybody because it won't be right for everybody. But we will sit down, listen to you, at least on the phone. Uh, or you can come in the office. That's the other thing you can do. I don't know if I, I've really talked about that. But if you hear something and you think, wow, I'd really like to talk to him about that, just give us a call. We can set up a phone meeting or I can meet you in person. It's no big deal. I've been doing this a long time. I really don't have to think about it too long. You might. I won't. <laughs> It's just because I, I've done it for so many times. That's kind of funny, by the way, when somebody comes in and they, they describe this problem and they feel like they're uh, unique and, and everybody's unique in, in certain ways, but there's only so many things you can do with your money. So at some point in time, you're not unique because there are only a fixed number of things that you can do with your money. Now, that number of things grows over time, but it's not like the growth is exponential. It's not, not huge. So pretty much, I know what you can do with your money. <laughs> and uh, so we've done this a long time. And although it, it's probably new to you, it's probably not new to me. And if it is new to me, I've got a whole ton of people I can go to talk to to find out what we might need to do in your situation. So if you hear something on here and you're interested in it, feel free. You can email us, you can call us, and we'd be glad to try to get back to you as quickly as possible. And try to help you out. You know, it's what we're just talking about. It came about because somebody was asking a question. I've got, I have to take my RMDs. And, um, yes, you do. You're 71 and a half, or you turn 71 and a half. You're going to have to take them out this year. The, uh, uh, 70 and a half, actually. And what am I going to do? Well, we have to take it out. Going forward, if we were to defer some of those, Short-term bond funds, because we've got some short-term bond funds in that investment-only annuity. If you were to defer some of the mutual fund capital gains and dividend distributions, instead of having to pay taxes on them, that might make sense. Now, if you've held on to those investments for an extremely long time period that you're getting capital gains and dividend distributions on, it may not make sense. We won't know until we look 
until we examine that. So and that's why I was saying you can always give us a call because I'll be glad to look at that. And it's what I do. You know, I do it a lot, like every day <laughs> for hours. <laughs> so it, it really doesn't get that old to me, by the way, as everybody is a little bit different. Everybody's situation is slightly different. What really is, I think it's funny is I get a married couple be sitting, will be sitting and talking and boy, are they different. <laughs> you got two people with totally different ideas when it comes to money. That is interesting. That is very interesting. I think anyway, and I, oh, I think I'm sure I'm, I'm still about two minutes away from a commercial break. What do you know? The, uh, hey, if you'd like to call and ask a question, you've been thinking about something numbers, uh, 216-901-0945. I forgot for a second there. <laughs> I had to look up on wall Two. I've only been doing this for 20 years. 216-901-0945, 216-901-0945 if you have a question. And uh, so let's see, we covered the uh, annuity thing. We'll come back to investment only, big deal. If you've got an annuity you, you know, you're not happy with, you know, give us a call. We'll take a look at it. I'll tell you. We'll explain what your options are. And because oftentimes you can do a an exchange, a 1035 exchange, and keep the tax-deferred status on the product that you have today. It doesn't, and it doesn't cost, well, if it does cost anything, it would be because your former uh, insurance company has a penalty and you can always take a look at that. You have options. I guess what I'd really like to say is you have options. We haven't set a new seminar date yet for the first one of the year. We're looking for spaces for the lookout for the bull investment club. That should be fun. That should be really fun. Investing can be fun. It's all actually, it's all mental because the numbers are the numbers are the numbers. That's the one thing about investing that has not changed over all these years. If you can read a financial statement, you can help yourself as an investor. And you don't need to be a bit a huge expert on financial statements. Now if you if you are a huge expert, great. You got a bigger advantage, but you don't need to be. I'm going to show you, we're going to, that's what we're going to talk about at the investment clubs. And and why are we spending time doing this anyway? Oop, I hear the music. That means I got to take a real quick commercial break. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. Stay tuned. There's a fight between my heart and soul When my pride tries to take control It's hard to see what I was meant And, hey, I was just, uh, I got caught looking at my old email emails and uh, very, very interesting. Somebody sent me a copy of the old Lookout for the Bull website that we'd had up a long time ago. The company that made that website, by the way, uh, was a company that went away <laughs> they couldn't get enough business and uh so i tried to log into the website one day and i wasn't able to and uh, i thought it was pretty funny anyway i guess there's this thing called the wayback machine that shows you old websites that have appeared at some point in time so by the way there was a uh, uh i gotta tell you that, that there was a commercial during my commercial break about that that one stock the uh yeah you know what the uh man i don't know the company I don't know the stock, but that doesn't sound, you know, there's that, that old saying, if it sounds too good to be true, 
So I guess I'm going to have to go check it out and give you guys a report on that next week. As, uh, if something like that was really um, a real thing, you know, that'd be great. And maybe it is. You know, maybe it is. Who knows? But the chances of something like that are extremely remote. Um, one of the difficulties about picking individual stocks, if you get a stock that goes up a lot, like it goes up a lot, that is so dangerous, especially if you put a fairly significant portion of your money into a stock like that. You shouldn't, I wouldn't want to be doing that, especially if you're somebody that's, you know, past age of 50, because it gets incredibly difficult to be able to make up the losses on something like that when it, when it crashes. And that guy was talking about technology. And I can tell you technology 10 years from now is going to look somewhat familiar to most people today, but it is going to be different. It's going to be a lot different. And when you look at how much technology has changed over the past 15 or, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, um, it's not hard to imagine that it's going to be different. And there are going to be lots of companies that exist then that don't exist today. There are going to be a lot of companies that exist today that don't exist then. And that, that was one of the reasons I, I wanted to bring back that look out for the bull website was because it's relatively simple, but it's not easy. What do I mean by that? Relatively simple, but it's not easy. Simple to be able to educate yourself on what makes an attractive stock. What would make a, a stock attractive to someone else? And why why would we want it attractive to someone else? Because if a whole lot of people think the stock is attractive, they'll buy it and the share price goes up. It's that simple. So what makes a stock attractive? Now, there are two things that make a stock attractive. One is what I like to refer to as the story. There's the story. You know, Netflix. It's such a great company. Yeah, I love Netflix. Yeah, really, but yeah, unfortunately, it's not worth what it's selling for. See, that's the other side of the story. You got the story. Net, the story about Netflix is they're delivering video and creating their own content. They're stream. It's a streaming service, which is a big deal. If you don't know what that is, don't worry about it. The uh, it's just how probably how you're going to be getting all your television in the future. The uh, and Netflix Netflix is one of the first ones. And Netflix has done very well. By the way, Netflix started out mailing CDs. That's how Netflix started. They were mailing CDs of movies, and you could watch them. And then you had to put them in back in the um, envelope and send it back to get your other ones. That's how they started. And then they, they successfully moved that business online lickety-split. I mean, they it was unbelievable how fast they got that. So anyway, you know, I keep forgetting. If you want to ask a question, the number is 216-901-0945. going to go right to the phones now. I got a question from Marty. Yes, good morning. I love your program. Oh, thanks. Hey, I have a question. Okay. I'm in my early 60s. Yep. When I was 14, I had a paper route. Yep. And I took uh, about $125 of my paper route money and bought a stock. Okay. And I completely, I mean, I forgot about it decades. I started just this morning. Right. Um, it used to be Michigan Energy Resources. It was a gas company in Michigan. Okay. I know it's changed names a couple times, and I have no idea how I could go about finding out. Um, there is a uh, service. I'm trying to think of the name of the service that I use for stuff like that. Uh, shoot. 
Oh, I know what it is. It's net benefits. Netbenefits.com. Okay. And uh, let me see if I can pull it up real quick. I think that's the name of it. Oh, no, that's not it. That's Fidelity's. Shoot. I'll have to look it up. We we use these guys. They go back and look up cost basis on stocks and stocks that didn't exist. They do research on that that kind of stuff. Um, they have a they have a minimal fee. Uh, if you're, it depends on what you're trying to get them to do. And uh, boy, uh, as soon as I, uh, oh wait, not net benefits. I think it might be net basis. See what happens when you start getting older. Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm yeah. too old to ride my Harley now. Oh no. And, uh, yes. Well, you need to get a sidecar. <laughs> I need to get another trike. Yeah. Yep. That'll do it. Yeah, it is. It's called netbasis.com. And uh, okay. uh, they would be able to track that down. And you can call in the office. You can call us in the office. I have an account there, so I have a certain number of um, transactions per year I pay for. Um, but we'd be glad to uh, try to look that up for you. I greatly appreciate it. Yeah, like I say, I love your show. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> so, no problem. Did you have anything else? Uh, well, yeah. Okay, but it's not a financial question. Oh, how can I get the what's her name to move out? Who? The what's her name? The lump in the mattress. Oh, uh, the other half. Mm, man, Every, I've moved four uh, times, and she keeps finding me. She's like a stray dog that followed me home from the APL, and that was. 18 years ago. Wow. The, uh, that's a tough one. But that, that's my cross to bear. Okay. <laughs> I, I was going to say, yeah, that, that, I wish I could be of help. I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the answer to that one is. So. Okay. All right. Well, hey, have a good weekend. You too. If the Monsters win tonight, I will. Yep. All right. You're a big Monsters fan. That, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. I'll be rooting for you. Well, she's a Monsters fan. I just go because it's something to do. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah, better than staying home. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. All right, have a good Thank weekend. Thanks so much. Thanks. Yep, if you'd like to call 216-901-0945, um, yeah, there's a, if you have a uh, lost the cost basis of a stock, you find an old stock certificate somewhere. That, By the way, I've done that a ton of times. You know, I have literally, literally found close to, well, actually it would be somewhere between 800 and 800,000 and a million dollars that I have found in people's accounts that they didn't know they had. Can you imagine that? The, uh, one of them, by the way, was a half a million bucks, a half a million dollars that somebody didn't know they had. <laughs> how does that happen? Well, I'll tell you how it happens. You put $10,000 in Home Depot back in 1981, and then you forget you have it. <laughs> And you have them send the certificate to your house and uh, you buy a whole bunch of other stocks and you just lose track of it. And then 30 years later, when somebody finds it, they're going, hey, the, uh, there's a lot of value there. So you should see the things I've seen. It, it is hilarious. Money that's uh, found. By the way, here's, here's typically how, here's how this works. Somebody decided to have their certificate sent to them. That is not common at all today with younger people. Anybody under the age of 60, you guys are all young now because I'm getting closer to that age. See how that works? (laughs) 
So anybody under the age of 60 has probably not done this. Anybody over the age of 60 who's ever invested in stocks has probably seen or heard of this before where you actually have the certificates sent to you. When they send you the certificates, the uh, when the stock splits, you actually have to request that they send the stocks from the split to you. They don't just automatically do that. Never have, never will. So what happens is, People would get their stocks sent to them. They're still on record at the transfer agent, the, the company that keeps track of who all the shareholders are. And when you buy them directly and get them put in your name and have them sent to your house okay, and they split the stock, you have to call them and say, hey, I would like those shares sent to me too. Now, this is not a good idea, by the way. There is no telling how many certificates were in basements of houses that you know caught on fire and people have forgotten about it. I mean, there are hundreds of millions of dollars in funds, I am sure of it, that are out there where people lost their certificates and nobody else knew about it. Okay, So you would think that, oh, yes, they would they would actually find out because you know the transfer agent is still going to send a quarterly statement. Well, I'm going to tell you, uh, not so much. And if somebody moves out of the state, that mail is going to be thrown away. So um, anyway. Long story short, better off to keep your your funds in a brokerage account and they're typically registered in street name. What that means is it's in your name at the brokerage firm. The certificates don't have your name on them. Your your account has your name on it and your account holds the certificates. That's called book entry, but we'll come back to that some other day when I'm not super boring. I got to go to the phones right now. 216-901-0945 if you'd like to call and ask a question. And I'm going to write to Herman. you have a question or comment? Yes, Bill. Great to hear from you. I am looking now with the economy slowing down, I think, a little. And I'm looking for funds that, I mean, stocks that have a good yield. I'm, I'm interested in the, the, the dividend, aristocrats, mm-hmm. things, companies that seem like they're not going to have to cut their dividends. And I found Leggett and Platt, symbol LEG. And they've just recently had to take a charge for some impairment. But um, I think they're doing good. And I think they're going to uh, yield right now, yielding over 4% with the current price. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what Leggett and Platt, I've, that, over the years, that stock's been in and out of portfolios. It might be in my high dividend portfolio now. I don't know. I'd have to check. Because yeah, uh, one of the things I do is I take the highest dividend yielding stocks from each of the 11 sectors that make up the uh, the market and we just hold them equally and we rebalance that on an ongoing basis. So, and I'm, I am I think it's probably high enough to be in there in the category that they're in, but I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, I've, I've owned that stock throughout the years from time to time and yeah, I like it. It's a nice business. Uh, it's kind of easy to understand you know, they make a lot of this stuff, that, the hardware for furniture that holds your furniture together. Um, probably do a lot of other things, too. And when you're taking um, charges, um, I'll have to look into that. I can see in the headlines it's it's saying talking about that. $49 million in charges for a company that does $4.2 billion in sales is not that big. Does that make sense? So, oh, totally. But it, it seems to have impacted the, the price because everything has gone down just recently. Yeah, and uh, things are going down anyway. I mean, the stocks in general have been going down. So I don't know that it would be as much 
the charge against earnings that they took or the fact that, you know, stocks are being sold when you know, Leggett and Platt is a member of the S&P 500. So when people pull money out of stocks, whether it's an institution or individuals, when they're moving money out of those stocks, all the stocks in that index are being sold to, to, to basically provide the, the cash that the uh, exiting shareholders are requiring. So they all go down, at least a little bit. Some go down more than others, especially the small ones. The small ones that don't have a lot of shares outstanding, they'll, they'll drop like a rock. You know? And that's where some inefficiencies come in. But when I'm looking at this, their long-term uh, profit margins, typically somewhere around 4 or 5% looks like. If I'm just looking at the, uh, I'm going back in and looking at the profit margins. Yeah, around 4 or 5%, which is pretty good. That, that's not bad. That's net after tax. So the gross margins are probably closer to 10 and the uh, um, you have dividend yield four point two. Stock looks good to me. It looks really good. Right now the uh, revenues were up eight percent year over year. That's pretty good. The uh, but you know if we are in for a recession, and by the way, nobody will know if we have a recession until it's too late to do anything about it. <laughs> I majored in economics in college, and in America they they call economics the dismal science. <laughs> Because it's very uh, difficult to project for. Everybody tries, but very few people actually succeed in that. In fact, Warren Buffett's track record of calling the economy, he he jokes about it all the time because it's so poor that if he had to rely on that to build the wealth that he would have, that he would be broke. (laughs) And uh, maybe not broke, but not very good. And uh, it looks pretty good. You look at the the price to sales ratio is one of the things I like to look at. 1.16, that's not bad. Uh, forward PE ratio is only 16.9. That's not bad. Price to book value, a little bit high. That's that four times book. Still not that bad. In uh, um, yeah, looks like. But if good... I'm not mistaken, what I like about them is it, it's not they're not seem too overly priced. They seem stable, but they seem to have a history of consistently raising the dividend over time. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And because uh, I'm just pulling up the dividend yield now, that this is a stock that if I don't know if you know what covered calls are. But this would be a really good one to doing covered calls on. So you would bump up your, potentially bump up your income pretty significantly. So you take the 4% and you're probably going to generate somewhere between 12 and 20% on, on selling calls against it. So you could actually have a really good returning stock. You only want to sell covered calls on stocks like Leggett Platt. It's a mature business. It's been around for a long time. Revenue growth has been pretty steady. All the things you talked about are true. Uh, it you know it's not overpriced. You're looking at a really nice dividend. Uh, I got to take a real quick commercial break, Jerry. I'm sorry about that. But uh, hang on for a second. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Bill Bullington right here on 1420. I remember when I was 13. I saw a picture on my time. Hey, Herman, you still there? Yeah. Hey, you know what? I went and checked more into uh, Leggett. I haven't looked at that stock in so long, and it is amazing how much more they do than I remembered. So they've got a lot of different businesses. Uh, Some of them are heavy industrial. Some of them are making parts for furniture. uh, uh, If you go to the website, it's pretty neat. So I'm looking at that, and yeah, it's going to be a little bit cyclical. Um, 
maybe more cyclical than Procter & Gamble might be, but not that much more. And uh, I really like that stock a lot. I mean, I like it a lot. So I think as a as a portion of somebody's portfolio, I think it makes perfect sense. It's still a stock, all you listeners out there. I'm not saying to run out there and buy it. I'm saying it makes sense as a part of your portfolio. It's got a nice dividend yield. If you're really sophisticated, you might want to sell covered calls against a stock like that. Suck was 55 bucks a little bit, you know, in 2017, it's at 36 now. That's why the dividend yields over 4%. Um, they, I, I don't know what their dividend history is. I'll have to go back and look that up. That takes me more time. But the, uh, anyway, yeah, that, it's a company that makes sense. You kind of look at their products, you know what they do. It's not something you have to guess at. You know, it's not like a, a company that, that makes masks for semiconductor chips. <laughs> so if that makes sense to you, but the, um, uh, anyway, Hey, thanks for the Let me, let me the ask call. you one other quick, quick mm-hmm. thing. I think people are crazy. So my friend tells me everybody's going to drink Coca-Cola, and the price is still near a five-year high, has not been hurt very much in the recent downturn, but uh, the yield's a little over 3%, but the P-E ratio is like 70-something. On Coca-Cola? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, that, that's probably because they took some charges against earnings or something like that. It's uh, affecting because their profit margins are huge. That, that company's got a gigantic net profit margin. It's one of the highest of any business that's ever existed at that level. So the uh, yeah, dividend yield three percent right now. Um, yeah, the reason that the price to sale or price to earnings ratio would be so high, they they obviously are doing some restructuring there, and uh, are taking charges against earnings to do that. So sometimes when a company buys it, there are all kinds of reasons for that. That's that's where you're going to get into the nitty gritty. The thing that I like to look at is the price to sales ratio on a company because it's really hard to mess around with the sales. If you start doing that, you run the risk of, you know, going to jail because that's something you're really not uh, supposed to do. On the earnings, on the other hand, there are tons of things you can do between the top line and the bottom line that will, that will make that really not very clear. Does that make sense? Sure. So the price to sales well, ratio on Coca-Cola is six and a half, by the way, which is high. Uh, that, that's very high. But for a company that's as profitable as that company is, it's, it's okay. It's not great. Uh, it's okay. That's, that stock hasn't been great since right after 1987 when Warren Buffett started buying it. <laughs> but it's okay. Been... Well, thank you, Bill. I'm going to go. Have a good day and a Merry Christmas. Hey, thanks. You too. And thanks for calling. Bye-bye. And I'm going to go right to uh, Jerry. Jerry, you have a question? Hi. Hi, uh, Bill. You're, you're talking with Herman about a stock that had many parts and had solid dividends. Did you say Lego? No, Leggett Platt. It's uh, similar. Leggett Platt. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I just got in at the end. I go, oh, Lego. I never thought of that. Leggett Platt. Okay. Yeah, it's actually well, Leggett check. and Platt. You know, I, yeah, yeah. But I'll have to check that one out. Yep. Um, all righty. Stocks in the news. Uh, what do you think about Costco right at the moment with oh, that hit that it took? Let me uh, see. It, it lost about 10% of its value. I think it was Friday or Thursday. And I know you normally, one of your axioms are don't buy it immediately because bad things tend to happen in twos or threes. But uh, solid um, balance sheet, good cash flow. Uh, what, do you, what do you think of Costco? I think it's a great company. I think they they do a lot of things really well, um, uh-huh. and they've they've also been able to maintain pretty good 
uh, profit margins given the, the business that they're in. Sure. But their net after tax profits, you know, they average somewhere around 2% or so. Mm-hmm. That is not high. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy was asking about Coke. Coke's net after tax profit profits are 22%. Yeah. Yeah. So 2% is really low. In fact, it's actually less than half of the average S&P stock. Well, that's like the grocery. It's similar to grocery stock return on. Yeah. And Kroger's, which makes it a lot riskier because you on thinner margins, you can't afford to make a lot of mistakes. So if you make if you have a couple of of setbacks, it's going to hit your bottom line a lot quicker, a lot harder than a company that's got you know fifteen or sixteen percent. Adding on it, sure, right. yeah, sure. That, that does make sense. Uh, the stock itself, so you would not be a buyer with this uh, thing, uh, with the uh, setback that it's had. It doesn't sound like I it's mean, not a. It, uh, it's okay. Okay, uh, but it's got a. Uh, yeah, it's okay. Right where it's at right now, I think it's okay. It's not something that I say it's a screaming bargain. Uh-huh. Um, I don't think it's going to go up and double or triple over in the next, you know, two no, or three I'm years. Sure. Yeah, do that. Right. Uh, do you like any of the retailers now? Uh, Home Depot. It's been uh, pushed down a bit. It's still paying a nice dividend. Good cash flow. Very strong balance sheet. Oh, you know, I really. What I do when I'm looking at stocks, if they don't come up in one of my scans that I'm uh, using for one of my models, uh, I typically don't see it uh, unless it comes up on a momentum scan. And I haven't seen Home Depot come up on a on a momentum scan in quite a while. And generally, you won't. You won't see that. Uh, this isn't really a, a momentum stock, but one of the stocks that did come up on a momentum scan is uh, Nutrisystems. Uh, it's, they're not a retailer. They sell food. Uh, sure. You buy this food packet, right. And uh, that stock is uh, really volatile. I mean, really volatile. The uh, but I like what they do, and their valuation was kind of low, so that made a lot of Nutri-scans. sense. Nutrisystems. Uh, that was no. that like a dietary no, uh, a Nutrisystem. Product? Yeah, it's a. Uh, they send Nutri-system. food to your house. Yep. So it's diet food, so you don't have to think about what you're eating. They send you the meals. Yeah. 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 Okay. But All that right. that system. But that's a trade. That's not really a. Uh, no, I understand the yeah. difference. Right. I understand the difference. Okay, very good. Thank you so much, hey, William. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye now. So I know it would, a lot of this pro- stuff probably seems like it's not all that clear, and that's okay. Uh, it takes a while to get, really get your arms around all this. And it's really hard to find like a really good bargain these days because you've got so many funds out there. When you're finding a really good bargain, it's typically because the market has crashed. <laughs> That's when you find lots of bargains. They're all over the place. Okay. And when the market hasn't crashed, even with a, a pullback of 10% is really nothing. What, what you've seen in the last few weeks, that is nothing. That's not a big deal. The fact that the S&P is back to where it was a couple of years ago now is not a big deal. That happens all the time. It's not a giant pullback that would really offer up a ton of opportunities. However, if you look at the entire S&P 1500, or just take the largest 1500 stocks by size in the United States, and then you you take the amount of cash they're, they're generating, uh, actually one measure of cash flow, which is earnings before interest and taxes. Okay? That's one of the models that, that we're going to talk about a lot going forward on this show, because I really like it a lot. I think it makes a lot of sense. You take that that measure of cash and then you divide it by the cost of buying the entire business. 
which is also known as enterprise value, that converts it into a yield. So let's say you've got ABC company generated $3 billion in earnings before they paid any interest or taxes. And the company was only selling for $10 billion. That's a 30% yield on that formula, according to that formula. I can't even talk anymore. I have to. <laughs> so that's pretty good. I mean, that's, that's like really good. That's about three times higher than the average S&P stock. So uh, that is a one, that's one way of identifying these companies. And starting next week, I'm going to try to, to talk about those stocks that I like that are coming up on that list that I run that model with. And we'll talk about the challenges of using models like that because there are challenges. This is the stock market. There are no guarantees. There are things that you can do to help your performance in the long run. But there are a lot of things that, you know, you're going to try them and they're going to fail. And it's not that big a deal, especially if you don't put more than, you know, three to 4% of your money in something. How could you really fail if you're limiting your investments to three to 4% of your, your capital? I mean, you could theoretically, if your, if your luck was like really, really, really bad, (laughs) you'd have to, wow, that, that would be tough. So in that case, and I never only hold 30 stocks, by the way, I'm typically holding closer to a hundred, which is a lot less than the 500 that make up the S&P 500 or the 400 that make up the S&P mid cap or the 600 that make up the S&P small cap. So when you're holding only 50 stocks, that is a concentrated portfolio. When you're only holding a hundred stocks, that's a concentrated portfolio. And I like to do that in two different ways. And I don't think I have enough time in today's program to get onto those topics. So I will talk about that next week. What are my two favorite strategies? What am I, and these are Bill Bullington's favorite strategies, the ones we're going to be publishing in the Lookout for the Bull website. Why are they my favorite? Well, obviously because they've, they've done well over time, but more importantly, it's how they do it. That's very important. Investing is 95% psychological. People don't know it, but it is, it's almost exclusively the psychology you have. The technique you're using is 5%. 5% technique, 95%. How strong are you mentally? <laughs> anyway, I hear the music. That means the show's over. Thanks for listening. This is Bill Bullington. I'm here every Saturday morning. Every Saturday morning from 11 to noon on 1420 The Answer. Have a good week, everybody. Good luck. Good investing. You just caught another edition of the Bullington Capital Report. Broadcasting every Saturday at 11 a.m. on AM 1420 The Answer. If you have a question and you'd like to speak to Bill personally, you can call him at 330-664-0700. That's 330-664-0700. Or online at BullingtonCapital.com. That's BullingtonCapital.com. 
Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that the future performance of any specific investment, investment strategy, including the investments and or investment strategies recommended and or purchased by advisor or product made reference to directly or indirectly will be profitable. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will either be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. No client or prospective client should assume that any information presented serves as the receipt of or substitute for personalized investment advice from the advisor or any other investment professional. The preceding program has been paid for by Bullington Capital Management, LLC. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.